Greens and welcome to the African Spirit Reintegrated and Reimagined Podcast. I am a Sunny Brogan, owner of a Sunny Coaching Services. And in this episode, I am discussing the meaning of sacrifices and offerings in African traditional religions. This topic is very important for people to understand why we give specific offerings and sacrifices that we give to different deities and what are some of the common um, sacrifices and offerings. What do they mean in the traditions? Now, I know I did an episode before just talking about the whole concept of feeding the spirits, kind of why we do what we do and somewhat of the process behind it. But here, I want to really touch in on the meaning of the specific offerings, the specific sacrifices that are often given within these traditions to appease the spirit, so to speak. So as I said before, you know, sacrifices, offerings, they hold multiple purposes. And also let me clarify here. Sacrifices, when I mentioned that I am referring to a blood sacrifice so giving of an animal specifically we don't do human sacrifices not at least not in the practices that i engage in i do not deal with human sacrifices we deal with animal sacrifices on a very very high frequency basis in which case um that's what we are referring to when we say sacrifices whereas offerings refers to any non-blood gift that you give to a deity or a spirit. Um, in the previous episode, I likewise mentioned that sacrifices and offerings serve as a form of prayer, as a form of communication with spirit. You are giving spirit something in order to receive something in return. It's a way of giving up something, whether you are the one who is actually participating in that process or not, because oftentimes people deal with a priest or a priest who does the actual legwork, so to speak, for them. That individual is still giving up something, whether it be their money, which will oftentimes be the case. So whenever you're doing a, a priest or a priestess, rather, is doing a sacrifice or an offering on your behalf, you still have to pay that individual. So you are sacrificing your energy because money is energy. You're sacrificing the energy that you went and worked for in order to ascertain the money or the financial resources in order to give to that priest or priestess so that he or she can then perform the work for you, right? So again, this is an exchange process. And as I mentioned before, there's nothing free in the spirit realm. So you're literally paying for the blessings that you want to receive. That's something that's very different within our systems than you will see in other traditions like Christianity or Islam where there's a notion of giving offerings and things like that for sure, but it's usually not obligatory in the same way that we see in African traditional systems. So that's one part of the process. It's important to be careful when giving sacrifices and offerings here because I, I do want to explain this part. And I know I've talked about this before and I'm going to continuously talk about it because it needs to be stated because there's like now we're in this internet era and people are just doing so much. They go online and they read different things about the traditions and, you know, they take advice from people who may or may not be so strong in the tradition or knowledgeable about the traditions, in which case a lot of times they just go and start doing 
spiritual work without completely understanding the full context behind it and what you should or should not be doing. So when it comes to giving sacrifices and offerings, this is normally done under the um, pretext of divination. So you know what to actually give. If you go to a trained priest or a priestess, they already understand what certain Orishas, Luau, spirits, deities, or what have you accept. It's very important to understand that not all spirits accept everything. Some things are actually taboo for certain spirits just like you have your own personal taboos and your taboos are actually going to flow from what's taboo to the spirit or the deity that you work with right um or the ones that work with you so you may have several of course you will always have your your head spirit but you know depending on the, the group of spirits that are personal to you um, you already have those taboos in place but you'll start to learn about those taboos as you connect with those spirits on a higher level so when it comes to dealing with certain spirits you want to be careful to ensure that you are giving them the appropriate things this is one of the reasons why i don't really subscribe to this notion of just kind of putting information out there about this spirit takes this or this spirit takes that or you should rather give this or that to the spirit it's okay to say that this is what's normally given to the spirit but I am not of the type to encourage anybody to move forward and just start doing offerings. I'm not the type that will ever really put out a full-blown ritual, so to speak, to a specific deity. It's okay to do like small rituals to your ancestors and things like that. Ancestral spirits typically take anything that's given with a good heart and good intent. They don't have the same level of requirements as the higher level spirits like the Orishas, the Luai, and Wudan, and so forth and so on. It's very important to note that though, because therein, if you give a spirit something that is actually taboo for that spirit, you can cause yourself a whole lot more trouble than good in doing something like that. You may think that you're going to that spirit and appeasing that spirit because you read somewhere online or somebody told you that this particular spirit takes this particular offering and you could actually be giving them something that's taboo for them, therein causing yourself a whole lot more trouble than you really need. So just go through the process properly. It's always just best to go and get divination to see what they want in that instance. Because as I've said before as well, it's not even always about, you know, you giving them the proper thing because you could be giving them things that they typically accept, but in that particular instance or to help you out with a particular problem, they may not want what you are trying to give them. They may want something completely different um, based on what they normally accept as part of their sacrifices and offerings. So do be careful there when you're dealing with that. I'm going to take a quick break right here. And when I get back, I am going to discuss some common types of animals that are used in blood sacrifices and talk about their meaning and their interpretation. In this segment, I am going to discuss blood sacrifices so uh, giving up an animal that vital life force which is so very important in the offering or the sacrificial process when it comes to ATR systems now some traditions use blood sacrifices more than others you'll find that on the continent animal sacrifices are a given 
in any type of you know ritual or ceremony to a deity whereas in certain parts of the diaspora you see this notion being carried out much less than you did on than you do on the continent and i think a lot of that has to do with the slavery process right so the people who were enslaved in the americas just didn't have access to animals in the same way as the people on the continent have historically had access to animals and so forth. So you will find in certain traditions like the Haitian voodoo system, you will rarely use an animal sacrifice. If an animal is asked for when you do a reading in that particular system, that means you're dealing with a really serious situation. And not necessarily bad when I say serious, it may just be you need to really, really connect on a high level with a spirit or a deity because most often the um the, the ritual will involve some something else besides that right so it may involve taking some type of herbal concoction it may involve you having to go into some type of ritual or something at a ceremony so forth and so on so coming back to this particular topic blood is one of the fastest means of bringing down what you need and getting your prayers answered much quicker this is why blood is used so much because it's potent on the continent and you know likewise in other traditions it's not just on the continent where we see the use of blood because even in traditions like Haiti, you still see the use of blood because therein you are enacting very quick swift action right um animals serve as a scapegoat so to speak so if you go into biblical text you see that kind of theme being played out with abraham and i think it's isaac where he was going to go and sacrifice isaac because god had told him to him when he finally got to the space um god told him you know no you shouldn't be doing this i you know was just basically testing you out and instead it was a goat that was used in his place in Isaac's place and Abraham saw that goat and he went and sacrificed that in place of his son he was able to maintain his child and show forth his love to the creator and thereafter he was blessed tremendously if you believe that narrative I know I'm saying in a little bit of a condescending way because I, I don't necessarily believe that full on it's basically expressing the concept of valuing God over anything else above all other things on this earth. So it's not a bad narrative. It's not a, a, a bad story to tell. It's just, you know, I don't believe all biblical texts, though I know it can serve a useful purpose. But moving forward, blood is very much so commonly used in sacrifices when it comes to ATR systems. I'm just going to cover a few of the common animals that are utilized so there are so many and it all just depends on the tradition that you're coming from and i want to dig into the meanings of these because this is why you will see certain deities accepting certain sacrifices certain offerings and maybe shunning others because a lot of it has to do with the character or the nature of that particular spirit if you're dealing with a hot tempered spirit they're going to want things that are hot that you know cause them to move quickly and swiftly if you are dealing with a cool tempered energy they likewise will want something cooler right according to their nature so let's jump in so chickens are used quite frequently in offerings and chickens are kind of that 
representative animal that you know catch all animals just like even in society if you don't have anything else to eat you have chicken chicken is abundant it's everywhere uh, it represents divine protection likewise the chicken represents fertility because chicken can lay multiple eggs at one time also represents that nurturing nature especially when we're referring to a hen because a hen sits on her eggs and she cares for them and she protects those eggs until they are able to hatch and come out and grow and you know do their own thing thereafter so you will have in the instance of female deities hens are often given whereas in the case of male deities a rooster or a cock whatever you want to call it is given in their place and a rooster has some of the same qualities and traits for sure because it is a chicken however a rooster will also embody that kind of fierce nature that more protective you know masculine energy because it's a, a rooster or you know a cock will fight gets aggressive and things like that so you will find that some of the more aggressive deities male deities will take a rooster for instance a fish is commonly given likewise you see fish is given very frequently to your aura, your higher self, your inner head, so to speak, because a fish actually corresponds to that na nature of our higher selves. Fishes represent spirituality. You know, think about the zodiac sign Pisces. Pisces is all about that higher level, that spiritual self, that otherworldly presence that we embody it's about going to the highest of the high high it's the 12th zodiac sign right so that represents you know being in that space of the crown chakra therefore you will find our ori actually takes fish but there are also other spirits that take fish as well i'm just using that as an example fish likewise represent our emotional self whether they live in the water and so they're very fluid and flowing and just kind of always moving back and forth and that dynamic represents the emotional aspects of our nature because we can be kind of fluid and flowing and so forth and so on snails are also given as offerings you'll see snails uh being given to obatala in particular but there are some other deities that likewise take snails in certain traditions so a snail would represent you know that slow paced very patient nature of obatala and cool energy such as obatala taking your time to get to where you need to be to do what you need to do exercising determination all right because that's what a snail does it's very very slow likewise a snail is a white creature so snail represents purity as well cleanliness just like the energy of obatala so you oftentimes see obatala taking snails in ritual work but like i said in some other traditions you may also see other spirits taking snails a tortoise acts in a similar way or has a similar meaning rather as the snail because the tortoise is also about slow movement taking your time to get to where you need to be not being rushed not being impatient right but of course the color dynamic changes so you know it's not that same whiteness but likewise um a tortoise represents 
the protective energy, protective nature because of his hard shell, but also that toughness, right? You, you cannot penetrate a tortoise once it goes inside of that shell, and that shell is a part of its being. It cannot survive and live without that covering. So the tortoise also represents the aspect of us being covered in our works and the things that we you know, need to do. So if you ask for a tortoise, that's part of the reason behind that. A duck is oftentimes given as well in some traditions to Oshun on quite a frequent basis. So a duck represents that elegant nature, that graceful nature, even vanity, right? Because Oshun is associated with that. Likewise, a duck is an animal of the water. So it would absolutely be about that kind of fluidity and that kind of peaceful relaxed chill nature if you think about you know a duck is just on the water you can watch a duck all day long just you know moving along flowing not really bothering anybody or anything else unless it's bothered right just relaxing and chill and the duck represents that particular nature as well a dog is likewise given and sometimes this kind of takes people off guard. A dog, especially in American culture, is a domesticated animal and people see it as man's best friend and so forth and so on. Well, dogs are not revered all around the world in the same way. Some cultures actually eat dogs just as, you know, we eat chicken and so forth here in America and other westernized cultures. It's not a big thing to other people groups. Likewise, dogs are sacrificed to deities. That is part of the process. Um, a dog, the same way it represents, you know, that companionship, that faithfulness, um, that protective energy, being safeguarded, right? When you think about a dog, that's why a lot of people even go and get pets nowadays, especially uh, single people or not even just single people. There's so much stuff happening in society. It's good to have a watchdog. Some yeah, an animal there to protect you and watch over you, right? Um, perseverance. A dog is, is just not going to let go. A dog is going to keep on moving and just keep on holding on with fierceness, uh, depending on the breed of the dog. So that's what a dog would represent. That would be the meaning of a dog in, in a sacrificial process, that perseverance, that protection, faithfulness, companionship. So if you're asked for a dog, that's what the deity wants in order to reciprocate those things unto you. And likewise, for all of the other sacrifices that I mentioned, I forgot to state that at the top, right? So we're given in exchange according to their nature for sure, but also so that we can capitalize off of those elements of their nature. So if you want certain things, that's what you are going to give to get back those things in return. A goat is also a very common animal, sacrificial animal, and I see that on and off the continent quite often. So the goat represents that, you know, virility, vitality, energy, just vital life force, that, you know, movement, that stamina, the ability to keep going, to persevere likewise. So that would be the meaning of the goat in a sacrificial process. So these are just some examples, so many more, just depending on the tradition that you are interacting within, what will and will not be given. 
because a lot of it absolutely has to do with what's on the land mass. So this is a concept that I've discussed many times as well because it makes a difference as to where you are and the availability of certain things in that particular region, not even just on the landmass itself, but in the region in order for you to be able to get a hold of some of the items that I mentioned before. So I'm going to take a break and when I get back, I am going to discuss some common offerings that are given within African traditional religions and explain their meanings likewise. Do you feel lost, frustrated, or misguided as you venture into traditional spirituality? Do you seek a trustworthy partner who can lead you in the right direction? Asani Coaching Services is here to help. We offer spiritual coaching, divination services, and a variety of products to meet your needs. So visit our website at asani44.com. That's A-S-A-N-E-E-4-4.com to learn more. Now I'm going to discuss the meaning of common offerings that are given within African spiritual systems. Now, offerings are wide, plentiful, and absolutely varied. It goes back to that that notion, as I was talking about before, of where you sit, what landmass the tradition sits on. Because as we know, plant life and flora differs based on where you are from native plant life that is of course we live in times where so many things have been transported and you know put in different regions of the world but the things that are indigenous to an area is what the traditions usually go by because they were established on those things that were indigenous to the region before we had all of this globalization in place as we do today so I'm going to discuss a few of the common items that we're going to see that are pretty much universal. Number one being water. Water is an absolute common offering that you will see given to um, ancestral spirits as well as deities in some instances. Water represents flow. It represents life itself. It represents cleansing and clarity and purity and all of those things that are related to those dynamics healing even absolutely is is representative of the notion of restoration and all of those things because as i said before it's the life force the human body is composed of about 70 percent water so giving water is so absolutely vital in most rituals in some capacity alcohol is likewise important alcohol though it is a liquid it actually represents the fire element because if you ever you know have consumed alcohol you know that it brings that fire the stronger it is you know higher the proof so to speak the more fire it's going to bring to your system and that's exactly what it does in the spirit realm it brings forth that dynamic of fire and quick energy and quick movement now it just depends on where you are as far as the type of alcohol that's going to be utilized because again this is contingent on the region and what is available in the americas you'll tend to see alcoholic drinks like um rum or vodka things like that being utilized more so than gin on the continent you see gin being utilized dry gin so much in rituals and ceremonies or what have you that's a very very important dynamic again it just 
plays into kind of what's available and what's coming to that region in the Americas. It's very important to note that, especially with our people group. So I'm referring to people of African descent whose ancestors had to um, go out and make rum and things like that. That drink is very much so important. And I always encourage people, whatever tradition you're working with, try to get the rum that is common to that area. So if you're working with Haitian voodoo, try to get Haitian rum because that's very significant to the culture of Haiti. If you're working with 21 divisions that comes out of the Dominican Republic, try to work with a Dominican-based rum product. If you're dealing with the um, Cuban traditions, you know, go and get some Bacardi or what have you that comes out of that region of the world, so forth and so on. Stick with those particular drinks that are native to that region that actually come from the plants or what have you being cultivated in that part of the earth. That's very, very significant there. Um, milk. Milk is another liquid-based offering. Milk represents the notion of fatness, something, you know, being plentiful, being, you know, thick, being very, very abundant, but abundant in the notion that is, you know, like kind of unshakable type of abundance, right? So milk, you know, think about the consistency of milk. I'm referring to cow's milk here so like traditional cow's milk you can give other types of milk it's not that coconut milk and other types of milk are not okay to give because they absolutely are in certain traditions and certain spirits accept certain types of milk it doesn't always have to be cow's milk but that is what has been traditionally been used in many um of the practices within the diaspora in which case Think about the thickness of cow's milk. That's the same notion or the concept that would apply to the meaning of it. Likewise, it's going to represent purity or cleanliness. The white color, right, represents nourishment. Because what is that milk for? That that milk was made for the consumption of a you know a baby cow in the instance of you using cow's milk. But otherwise, it would also represent nourishment, even if it came from a plant or what have you because all species of young well, I'll say all but many species of newborns actually suckle milk that is common within humans and within animal species most infants cannot come out the womb and consume full-on meals as the adults in that particular species because their stomachs and even their bodies are not developed enough to process those things so it also just represents that the process of birth and rebirth and just kind of that you know maternal nourishment when it comes to milk and offerings eggs or likewise, and this is debatable whether you want to consider this an offering or a sacrifice. I consider it an offering just because there's no bloodshed when an egg is given. You don't, you know, even though you're cracking over, open the egg, typically blood is not involved in the process. So I'm not getting into semantics here. Yes, I know sometimes you may crack an egg and it may be blood in it, but that is not the normal situation. So I'm referring to 
a typical situation whereby you would open up an egg and you may boil it or you may fry it depending on the nature of that particular deity either way eggs represent the notion of fertility right because that's what they that's what they are they are the embryo the life right the life force of what's coming through next so they represent that process of birth rebirth fertility virility vital life force energy all of those things abundance because if you think about it species that maintain eggs and carry them it as infants or what have you that's how you know a new process begins with life within that particular species or whatnot the female will oftentimes carry multiple eggs even in humans right even though we may typically produce a single born child at one time it is normal for a female to have multiple eggs throughout her lifespan right we typically go into menopause in 50s and things like that late 40s 50s etc so the same dynamic the, the same dynamic applies to many animal species as well as i mentioned before with the hen a hen will lay multiple eggs at one time and the same goes for many animal species when they bring forth an egg it's like plenty of them around so they represent that notion of fertility abundance prosperity um and you'll find a lot of the deities that are associated with the notion of prosperity accept eggs on a frequent basis that's what they want that's what they like and they ask for honey honey is another example of an offering that's oftentimes given to deity so honey you know as you probably guess it represents the notion of sweetness because honey is sweet also represents the concept of longevity because typically honey is very thick right so it represents that sweetness being in place for a long time not just something temporary like if you think about sugar sugar is very thin and you know you pour it and it only lasts a certain amount of time but you can literally consume honey and be filled for hours and only consuming honey nothing else it's the opposite of that when you consume sugar when you intake sugar the sugar you just you know you take it down and it's is gone in a, in a couple of hours probably even before an hour and you can feel hungry again this is why it's not good to over consume sugar because it just makes you continuously consume things right so honey represents that dynamic of continual long-lasting sweetness things being really really nice and lovely and enjoyable so when a deity asks for that then you can imagine that you know they're going to reciprocate with sweetness being part of your experience nuts are oftentimes given in offerings as well here i'm just going to discuss cola nuts and bitter cola nuts because those are the two that are oftentimes given in the ifa tradition and these particular nuts can contain high levels of caffeine i don't know what it is right now but i think maybe like one or two of them is equivalent to like drinking a coca-cola right so you can imagine how potent they are so obviously it's going to represent being in a wakeful state 
state that vitality that energy um coloring are really good for sexual prowess and giving you that sexual energy so be careful with consuming too many coloring right um but they are really really useful for that purpose as well as just maintaining energy very good for so many different health conditions likewise so colon nuts would represent that notion of healing vitality stamina sexual energy drive passion those types of things now fruits and i also am going to include juices in this category because most of the juices will come from fruits fruits and juices are wide and varied but typically any fruit is going to represent the notion of fruitfulness abundance um, prosperity many times fruits that come in bunches are given as offerings so things like bananas or plantains if you will so forth and so on will be given in offerings because they represent plentifulness like abundance that just just comes in pairs and groups and you know just overflowing and overfilled oranges are oftentimes given as well especially in ancestral rituals and traditions which oranges represent the notion of of course fruitfulness but likewise sunshine right that orange color represents the vital energy of passion and joy and here i'm talking about vital passion i'm not necessarily talking about sexual passion or romantic passion passion something like that though it could also represent that because you know that's how you got here from your ancestral lineage but i'm mostly talking about like that that vitality that that passion sunshine joy creativity things like that and you know again creativity would likewise be somebody procreating but oranges would represent that notion plenty of other fruits most of them are going to correspond to what the meaning or the symbology of that fruit is within that culture most of the time you can derive the symbology of something by just kind of looking at its essence and seeing how it flows and moves and what it does and you know what are its major benefits and things like that coconuts are also commonly given in diasporic tradition so you may find that notion that coconuts are going to represent the energy of coolness of course because of the white color the inside and likewise the, the water the coconut water that comes in so it represents that energy of coolness likewise when you find coconuts you're gonna find them in tropical regions that tend to just present this really laid-back chill vibe right anytime you're around an ocean you're just going to get that vibe no matter where you are on this earth in which case the coconut is picking up that vibe and giving it back out so that energy of just coolness and chillness and you know relaxation so forth and so on herbs pretty much sit in that same category as fruits as i just mentioned so i'm not going to go through too many of them because they are so wide and varied but herbs are going to basically coincide or correspond to their nature so let's say you're giving lavender for instance so lavender represents calmness it represents peace rest it can also be a bit of an erotic type of herb 
there are so many other types of herbs that I don't even want to dig into because I would be here all day trying to describe all the plentiful herbs, especially the ones that are used in the diasporic traditions because some of those herbs are actually not even present here on the U.S. landmass. So you may not be familiar with those particular herbs. But if you're dealing with a tradition like hoodoo or what have you, you would definitely engage with some of the herbs that are very common or popular within spiritual circles today though you will probably deal with other ones that are not talked about so much but they're still important nevertheless in the work in root work and things like that oils are likewise very important in ritual work so oils in general are going to represent the notion of something being smooth something being easy because that's what we use oils for right because that's what oils are oftentimes used for in our day-to-day life to make something smooth to make something easier lighter of course it depends on the type of oil so in traditions especially based out of west africa palm oil is used most often because it's so prevalent and common that's a staple within those communities but within the diaspora you're going to see things like coconut oil being used a lot and then in other parts of the earth you may see things like olive oil being used they all serve that purpose of just you know smoothing things out something being smooth being easy you know you're asking a deity when you give it some form of oil like make this thing smooth make it easy make it flow for me so i don't have to worry i don't have to be stressed and upset etc but likewise in you know it depends on the type of oil oftentimes it will be like the notion of coolness because palm oil comes from a palm tree again represents that vibe of coolness coconut same thing because it comes from that same you know palm energy so you kind of get to just there based on what the type of oil is what other features or characteristics that it will have in its meaning and overall interpretation in the ritual work last thing i want to talk about here is salt so salt is oftentimes given as well salt represents the energy of purification or detoxification cleansing salt is very very good for for purifying also for protection because salt protects stuff all right it keeps stuff from spoiling and going bad it preserves it's a preservative it serves as a preservative in many things that we utilize so that's also important in the notion of salt so it also makes things palatable, makes it taste good. So when you're giving salt in a ritual, you're asking for things to be, you know, clean, purified, to be protected, preserved, but also for it to come with that really, really good flavor to make it palatable to you. So even a hardship or a difficulty, when you give salt, you're asking for that deity to just round it out. So it's not so bad, right? Because some of the worst tasting things sometimes can be made at least a little bit better by adding some salt to it, the appropriate amount of salt to it. So 
These are just some examples of the many, many sacrifices and offerings that are oftentimes given in ATR. I just thought this would have was a good episode to do because I personally love to understand the meaning behind everything that I do so that you get an opportunity to understand that, especially if you're new to the practice and you're like, what is all this stuff? You know, why are we giving these animal sacrifices? And why is this beer asking me to give it some gin and some eggs? and honey and you know a goat or chicken etc etc i don't get that well that's why all of it has significance in meaning everything that we do has significance in meaning in our traditions that's one of the things that makes them so absolutely beautiful because they are about balancing harmony and balancing us out and balancing the earth out so with that being said, guys, I'm going to close this episode. Ashe, please have a very blessed and beautiful day and beyond.